Cameron, this intro has gone on too long. Are you even thinking about the engagement? Yes, I am thinking about the engagement. Different type of engagement, my friends. Are you engaged right now? Are you here right now? I'm here right now. I have to be. In order for me to elucidate the next word in a sentence that, uh, I don't know where it's going yet. In order for me to do that, I have to be present. So, be present with me. I've started things off a little differently today because I feel a little different. I've been feeling a little different. I've decided today to actively practice some vulnerability. I think that vulnerability is the most underrated practice when it comes to developing confidence, like true confidence. Vulnerability is hard. It's scary. How often is it that we express our truest version of self? We express the raw, unfiltered essence of humanity. Because when we are afraid to share how we feel with others, we keep these parts hidden. But they're not just hidden to others, they're hidden to ourselves. Because if you can't be you, can, can you know you? When you decide to go into something with transparency and vulnerability, it allows you to step into a more full version of yourself. It allows you to step into your most truthful self. And when you do that, when you express that self, it creates space and encouragement and support and inspiration and motivation for others to do the same, for others to find their true selves. We have to be able to look at it. Look at ourselves. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful. And I sincerely hope that it is. Today I'm going to start things off almost like a bit of a, an audio diary. I have plenty of episodes in the, in the bank ready to go, but I think that I need to do this this way because I need to find a way to do this sustainably and in a way that still resonates. I don't want to be always speaking from a place of assumed knowledge, and I hope I haven't misled any of you, but if you've come here for answers, I don't have the answers. Every truth that you receive is a signpost to the truth. It's a finger pointing in a general direction, and it's up to you to explore that and find it yourself. There's an old Taoist saying, I think Bruce Lee might have said it in one of his movies, when the finger points to the moon, don't focus on the finger because you miss out on seeing the moon. I'm sure I butchered that. But the essence of it is that don't look at the person that is pointing to the truth. 
look at the truth they are pointing to, and then find it for yourself. Because we must ultimately save ourselves. That's not to say you shouldn't use your support, and I, I've used my support the last few days, the last couple weeks. Really, I've been supported my entire life. What am I saying? Sometimes in order to see the support, you need to consciously think of the support that you're seeing. Same goes with any perspective. Perspective is important. Perspective is powerful. Perspective is the way. The widest perspective possible, the 360-degree view. When you are in the picture, you can't see the bigger picture, but the people around you can. They can see it. They can see what you can't see. They're, they can see what you're afraid to see, what you're afraid to look at. That's the other thing about vulnerability. The parts we hide from others are the same parts they hide. Everything that we allow to be published and presented, that's our version of the truth. That's the version of the truth that we want people to see. It's a version of the truth that we want people to see. We want to feel. We want to represent. But all of the parts that we keep hidden, those are the parts that everybody has. Those are the parts that everybody keeps hidden. And when you talk about those parts, when you express how you feel, when you allow it to come to the surface, it allows it to come to the surface for other people too. And that is how we come together. That is how we unite. When you say something that is difficult, scary, terrifying, you risk public humiliation, but it's all self-perceived. It's all self-perceived humiliation. Because they're never thinking what you think they're thinking. Quite often they're thinking the same thing you're thinking. That's why it's important to be vulnerable. And when you do that, when you allow other people to be vulnerable and express their truest self, you are creating this ripple effect. You create a ripple effect that touches everybody. It's in the form of energy. And I'm going to do some podcasts on energy, but I just don't know enough about what I'm talking about to say anything that could resemble something of sense. But my God, I'm getting fascinated by frequencies and energy. Looking at the space around me, not as empty anymore, but as the fullest thing there is. We look around us. Look around you right now. Click your fingers above the space, above your head. There is space above your head. Something I like to meditate on. Realizing that there's space above my head and earth below my feet. Have you ever laid down underneath a cloudless blue sky? Lay down in a field, lay down wherever you can. Look to this cloudless blue sky and you didn't blink. 
You don't blink. You keep your eyes pinned on that vastness for as long as you can. There comes a point where the barrier dissolves. Barrier between you and the sky. And when you feel the barrier dissolve, you are pulled into something so much greater than yourself. So much greater than the self, the world beyond the self, the world beyond what I can see with my eyes. When the barrier dissolves and you become the sky, that, that's it. I remember in the early days of the explorations of consciousness, I remember the first time that it actually worked, that I felt something. And it was a cloudless night sky and the stars were so bright, so deep. And I just sat in the backyard and I looked up at the stars. And you look and you look and you look and you go deeper into it and deeper into it. And suddenly you are it. And this wave of, of understanding, of knowledge, of, of aha, that's, that's it, comes into you. And then, and then you attach to it. And you try to reconcile what you've seen. You try to consolidate it, apply language to it. And it's gone. Not only is it gone, but it's farther away than it's ever been. It's foreign. It's a concept. It's a, it was a fleeting moment of paradigm-shifting epiphany. And then it's gone. It's gone because you've tried to know it. Tapped into the not-knowing mind for a moment, the universal consciousness, the energetic flow that governs our universe and then it's gone but it's not because the space around us we call it space because we think space is empty but space is anything but empty and the space we think that is the emptiest is really the fullest space there is because it's from that space that everything arises there is no empty space around you. It is all atoms. It's all atomic. It's within this space that these atoms arrange themselves in different frequencies and bands, clump together and are manipulated by the raw elemental forces of our universe. And that's what's got me thinking about all this stuff. The last couple of weeks have been challenging. I'm going to be honest. I have felt myself, and I have felt out of control as well. And I, I'm not one to pretend or hold to the notion that control is a real thing. I think you could probably guess that by now. Any control we think we have over the external world is an illusion of control. The universe seems to perpetuate chaos in its drive for that perfect imbalance. And it rewards adaptability. It rewards resilience. 
the creatures that we see alive on this earth today, not withholding the ones that we exterminated, but those creatures and their ancestors, they are here because they adapted to the volatility, to the chaos, to change. They adapted to the change in the pursuit of survival. But we're surviving just fine as humans. We're surviving the best we've ever survived because it takes so little now. Everything is instantaneous. Instant gratification, instant pleasure, instant awareness. Not... <laughs> Sorry. We're surviving just fine. And so we don't have this resilience. We don't have this adaptability necessarily ingrained in us. Some of us do. Some of us grew up in constant turmoil, in constant volatility and uncertainty. And some of those people broke the cycle and they created a different life for themselves. They learned how to capitalize on that volatility find potential where others see risk, find opportunity where others see scarcity. But not all of them. Not all of them. A lot of people didn't have nature or nurture. And I hope that those people, now that we have access to the internet and books and podcasts, I hope that they can find something to help them with that resilience, with that adaptability, because we see the world not as it is, but as we have been conditioned to see it. We see the world as we are. And what we are is where we are. And what we are is why we are. And we can't figure out what we are or why we are or where we are, why we are without being vulnerable without opening the gateways to your feelings. Boy, howdy, this has been a roundabout episode. I hope you're still with me, but the last couple of weeks, I tell you, whenever anybody's asked me what's going on lately, how I'm doing, if I'm busy, the last few months, maybe even a couple of years, I feel like I've always given the same answer. Ah, there's work to be done. I'm busy. I'm enjoying it, but there's so much to do. Slow down, man. Slow down. It's coming. It's working. Take yourself out of the small picture. Zoom out. Is this not the moment you've been working towards? Is this the moment you've been working towards? Sometimes we don't know what we want because we have it. Sometimes we don't know where we're going because we're already there. All we got to do is stay there. But we stay there through adaptability. We cannot expect things to stay the same. That is a notion wrapped in suffering. The attachment to what things were, how they should have been, how they could have been, how they would have been, they are what they are. We gotta detach our attachment to the past. We gotta detach our attachment 
to where we should be now? How much self-inflicted suffering do we add on to ourselves through these expectations formed through God knows where? Our parents, our friends, our siblings, our media, our teachers? Why should you be where you think you should be? You are where you are. It is what it is. We have to accept and adapt and go forwards. And by go forwards, I mean do so in the now. Because the other thing we got to detach is our attachment to the future. What we think it must be, what we think it should be, what I think we could, it could be. Like it's, what happens if we just slow down for a moment? What happens if we just pat ourselves on the back? You're here. It's absurd that we even exist. The components of our physical selves are arranged from long dead stars, rearranged in such a manner that this physiological being is now advanced enough to allow consciousness, the hardware it needs to run at its highest capacity, so high that it can realize that it itself is a long dead star. Experiencing itself from this human's perspective. Zooming out. Zooming out. It's a hard thing to do. Easier with meditation and with your support network, with your friends, with the people whose ideas you value, you appreciate, you're grateful for. You gotta get out of your own head. You gotta get out of your own way. And sometimes you need a catalyst for that to happen. You need a, a friend to see what you see, but see how that is possible. See how it can be manifested. You need your friends to give you the honest truth. You need them to be impeccable with their word and you need to be impeccable with yours because you don't get what you don't ask for. And your word is your power. If you do not use it, then in other people will use you. Not out of malevolence, not because they are actively trying to take advantage of you, but unless you say what you need to say, nobody's going to know. Nobody can read your mind. We make all of these assumptions about how things could be, should be. We make assumptions about other people, how they live their life. What those people think of us. Oh, Sarah, the other day, she, she seemed kind of down. I wonder if it was about me. I wonder if I was, I wonder if I did something wrong. Oh, you know what? Must be when I talked to Jared. I, she mightn't have known that we were just friends. She mightn't have known that I didn't mean anything by it. She doesn't even think about what you're thinking about. Oh, my boss doesn't value me. I could leave tomorrow and they wouldn't even care. Maybe. Maybe your boss doesn't know how to communicate how they feel. Maybe nobody does. Maybe nobody does because it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to express yourself in the fullest way that you can. But when you do, they might just help you. They might just know exactly how you feel. I'd be willing to bet they do. I'd be willing to bet they do. 
So that's my, uh, that's my message for today. They're not thinking what you think they're thinking. Talk how you feel, express yourself, and it creates a space for others to express themselves too. And that is how you make the world a better place. I woke up with a disgusting mindset this week. Could have been the full moon. It could have just been my mindset. Could have just been chemicals. Could have just been extraneous circumstances and elemental forces barreling my soul and the essence of my spirit into a confined little box and then just shaking it up. Could have been that. Could have been just how things are. Could have been that I wouldn't have suffered as much as I did if I had just accepted how I felt instead of trying to reconcile it and rationalize and apply logic to emotion, guess what? Emotion isn't that logical. Logic is a concept we've made with our words. It's a concept we've applied to our interpretations of the universe. But emotions are more than that. We're more than chemicals. Depression is more than serotonin. ADHD is more than dopamine. You cannot summarize and going to say synopsis. Synops synopsis. You cannot gain a synopsis of the human experience through the research of a mechanism of action of a certain neurotransmitter or neuromodulator. They certainly make a difference. Oh boy. If you have low dopamine, you're going to feel like you have do low dopamine. If you have low serotonin, you're going to feel really low. If you have high adrenaline, you're going to want to fight the world. If you get that adrenaline from an ice bath, you're going to want to fight the world in a loving way. Because dopamine and adrenaline makes you do that. Dopamine makes me more compassionate. I know it does. But generally, that compassion is reserved for other people. And so it gets at the end of the day. You see, and there is not but an iota of compassion left for me. But I also love what I do. And there... In lies the challenge, the double-edged blade of living in this brain. And I'm sure living in yours too. There's a reason you're listening to this right now. If you're still here, there's a reason that you are finding some kind of solace or enjoyment in these words. It's because they are what you are. I've probably never said a single original sentence, a single original thought. What I'm doing is picking up on these undercurrents of frequencies that have been an ever-present aspect of human existence. An idea has a frequency, right? Like, when you see a beautiful piece of architecture, you can look at that architecture and know that it began as a thought. A thought that is measurable in its amplitude and depth, a thought that is observable in a scan, a brainwave. Where did that thought come from? Where did that brainwave come from, that little dose of frequency? Was it in the space in between? Was it in the space we call empty? These manifestations we create, they begin as thoughts and then they translate into something tangible, something solid, something you could throw if you want to do. 
And sometimes we've got to throw stuff and sometimes we've got to sit down and think about our actions. My actions lately? Well, I have struggled to set boundaries in my professional life primarily because I see something that can be done and I know I can do it. And I have an inherent people-pleasing quality. Learning to say no is the biggest flex you can have. It is the path of least resistance. The path of least resistance isn't always capitulating. The path of least resistance certainly is not avoidance. The path of least resistance is going towards resistance. It is having the uncomfortable conversation. It is saying the difficult thing. It is expressing how you feel in a moment of vulnerability because you need it. You need to communicate how you feel. And you'd be surprised. You set that boundary. You say no, politely, respectfully. You don't have to give an answer or an explanation either. You can just say no. No, thank you. I appreciate you thinking of me. But no. And when you do that, you draw in another level of power, of capacity, of potential. When you do that, you start creating the life of least resistance because you know when to say no and you know when to say yes. Be good to people. But when you need to say no, you need to say no. Because they will take everything that you give, everything that you surrender. They will take that because you are who you are. Because you are valuable. Because what you bring to the table is something they need. But you need it too. You need it. Sometimes you need to consolidate your energy. Consolidate it and bring it out of the familiar past, out of the predictable future, out of the minds and the demands and the necessities of others. Very little is actually necessary. Very little of the things, very few of the things that make us dance like puppets are actually necessary or worth stressing about. It will be done when it's done. It will be how it will be. There is only so much one human can do in a day. And that human still needs to take care of themselves. I think that if we can begin to think about how we interact with people, if you can think when you head into a conversation, how can I facilitate and foster transparency in this communication? How can I be more open with people? I think that if you do that, you'll see things change. It's how we become confident. Confidence is being okay, being happy, being secure, being you. And we just won't know ourselves if we don't allow that to come to the surface. I think that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for being a part of my 
first audio journal. Thank you for being my therapist. Good night. Good day. Good morning. Go get it.